podcast is brought to you by LMU Munich. Whatever. So, objectification, right? So, if you were to say, get some evidence partition that change or creates the first pair of rules to point six, and you create the second pair of rules to point four. Objectification moves, shifts credences around to satisfy this in a way that's proportional to your original credences, right? Here you get plus one versus point two, and so on and so forth. Whereas in LPCond, just gives a static shift to every world. Assign the same value. So you need to add plus 0.3 to the left to the left hand pair, so you add 0.15 to each world. Does that add up to 0.7? Yes, it does. Good. <laughs> See this, this this PowerPoint, you know, keynote incompatibility, it's it's very deep. Okay. So <laughs> So, which one of these should we adopt? Jeffrey conditionalization or LP conditionalization? So here are three kinds of worries that both Lightroom, Pettigrew, and Ben talk about. Uh, one is that LP conditionalization allows credence shifts from zero to non-zeros. Another is that LP conditionalization doesn't converge to standard conditionalization, even when you have the trivial case where your evidence is just, your evidence partition is just one in E and zero and everything else. That's an interesting thing we'll come back to in a second. Uh, and the third, LB conditionalization violates rigidity. So Ben does a really nice job of showing how these violations of rigidity lead to these odd-looking belief changes. Okay, so how might Lightroom pedigree respond? So here are three responses. I'll, I'm actually only going to give you two of them um, because there are time constraints and because I asked myself, what would baby Jesus do? And baby Jesus said, skip the first response. Okay, so. So, here's one response they might offer. So one response is to reject uncertain evidential situations. Uh, and you can do this for a number of reasons. This isn't a totally crazy move, I think. Um, one sort of motivation is that you might be unhappy in general with these UES updating rules because you shouldn't think we need a substantial amount of evidence to get nice prescriptions. Maybe, or maybe at least you would like to not be beholden to that. And without a substantive account of evidence, these US, UES rules like LB conditionalization or Jeffrey conditionalization are going to be trivial, right? You can just take a maximally fine-grained partition, plug in the values you want, and voila, you have those values. Whereas with strict conditionalization or S conditionalization, even if you adopt a trivial account of evidence, like Hausen and Urbach do, where evidence is just whatever you have a credence of one in, then it's still the case that you get a substantive constraint on what your credences ought to be. A second kind of worry you might have is it's hard to see how to provide a plausible principled story as to what exactly the right weighted evidence partition is, right? And I walk out, okay, I see a gray car, but the lighting is, the lighting is dim, so what's the right partition? Is it, you know, black car, gray car, white car? Is it black? Dark gray, medium gray, light gray, white? And you'll get you know, different answers depending on which partition you use. So there has to be a right answer. How, and what could really determine what that is? And what could really determine the, the right values to assign to those? So again, I think you have a different situation when you look at strict conditionalization. I think there are plausible, principled ways of getting a grip on what your evidence might be in those cases. For example, Lewis has a pretty picture where your evidence is a set of, set of centered worlds centered on agents 
who have the same perceptual evidence and memories that you have there. Proposition, that's one proposal. A third principle of the reason you might dislike uncertain evidential situations is you might think there are various reasons why evidence should be a proposition, not something like a weighted evidence partition or whatever. And so Williamson gives some arguments in this direction. So this is one kind of reply that I think Leica and Pettigrew could offer. They could say, let's reject these uncertain evidential situations. This removes the need for an uncertain evidential situation updating rule. So we don't need to plump for LP conditionalization. And so the quadratic scoring rule doesn't end up being hurt by the problems that LP conditionalization runs into. Okay, right. So this is one way to get around these worries. But of course, this does require rejecting LP conditionalization as well as Jeffrey conditionalization. That may or may not be a demerit, depending on one's attitudes. Uh, and it still does leave open the question of whether we should go for quadratic versus logarithmic scoring rules. This is a, it's a defensive move. It doesn't establish a quadratic scoring rule. It just maybe avoids one particular bullet. Here's a second kind of reply that I was thinking they might offer. Is, and that's to reinterpret these uncertain evidential situations. So one of the things I mentioned was that LP conditionalization doesn't converge to standard conditionalization, even in the case we have the trivial evidence partition. We have a credence of one in E and nothing in not E. So you might think what this suggests is that LP conditionalization is a qualitatively different kind of updating rule than standard conditionalization. It's not like Jeffrey conditionalization, where you have standard con conditionalization as sort of a special case, but it's just a different kind of updating. I think Leiku and Pettigrew suggest something like this at points in their paper, right? They say, oh, look, there's a difference between eliminating all of the non-E worlds and adding a side constraint that your credence in E should go to one. And with that in mind, you might think, in fact, maybe in various kinds of cases, you know, the non-standard features of LB conditionalization are, in fact, merits or virtues, not problems. You might think, Allowing zeros from non-zeros is a good thing in cases of memory loss. Or violating rigidity is a good thing in cases where, say, we're trying to effectively correct our priors, or maybe in the kinds of cases discussed by Bradley <coughs> and by Jonathan Weisberg. So here's what the response is. So the response or proposed response. Uh, you might say there's two qualitatively different kinds of belief changes. There's eliminating possibility belief changes. We handle that with standard conditionalization. And then there are these side constraint belief changes. And Lightroom and Pettigrew could argue, the problem with Ben's criticisms, or the reasons they don't hurt us, is because he's misapplying LP conditionalization. He's applying LP conditionalization to cases which are really, uh, which are really eliminating possibilities cases, not side constraint cases. And so these really shouldn't be taken to be demerits of LP conditionalization. So that's an interesting reply. Of course, for that to be plausible, we need to say a bit more. We need to say something about what these two different kinds of situations are. In particular, you know, what are these side constraint situations where LP conditionalization does apply? And we need to show that it gives plausible prescriptions in these kinds of cases. So I'm just going to look at two little possibilities to see how it does. So one possibility we thought was, OK, applying to cases like memory loss, where you want zeros to go to non-zero. So here's a simple case you might think about. Uh, initially, so you're born tabula rasa. 
is you initially believe that either Amy or Betty is guilty of some crime, but not both. Your evidence is the tautology, keeping simple. Maybe you have a 50-50 credence that each is guilty. Then at time one, you learn that Amy is guilty. You get not A as evidence, so you standardly conditionalize on that. Then you forget your T1 evidence. Amy clubs in the back of the head with a lead pipe or something. <sighs> your evidence is gone. Okay. Well, what do we do? Okay, we're going to LP conditionalize on something. That's the proposal. Maybe a natural thought is maybe you conditionalize on the, the partition, which resets your credence in A and not A to what it was before you got the not A evidence. Maybe that's a way of modeling losing not A as evidence. So what does that give us? So this will be your T naught credences. At T1, you conditionalize not A. You get a credence of 1 in Amy, but not Betty, being the guilty one. At time 2, we LP conditionalize on the partition. And then we get these credences. But that doesn't seem like what we want. So it didn't look like LP conditionalization is a great way of capturing cases of memory loss. One thing you might think is, well, maybe the, we're just using the wrong partition. The partition really should be, you know, have four elements in each of those four worlds with those four values. But I think that's not what we want to do if you want to model memory loss. First of all, because we're or evidence loss. First of all, because we're supposed to be modeling evidence loss. So it's weird that we have lots of elements for partitions that reflect things other than just, say, the not A, A division, where it's the loss of not A that we're trying to capture. And second of all, this is a, just a demonstration of the triviality thing, right? With these UES updating rules, you can get any answer you want by plugging in a fine-grained enough evidence partition. And that's what that move would just be. There'd be nothing interesting about LP conditionalization going on. OK, so that's a false start. Here's another possibility. Using as a means of priors correction. So maybe you know, you're going along and you realize, oh my god, my credence is by the principle. I should readjust. And you're generally not going to be able to do that and satisfy conditionalization. So maybe that's where LP conditionalization can come in. It's a priors correction rule. So here's an example. So I was calling it the blue cars in Ghost Case. Ben, ben, the name Ben gives is much better, Ghost Rider. Ben's Ghost Rider case. OK. So in Ben's original case, right, just some high credence that some car, the car your friend just bought or something, is blue. And you have a high credence that there are no ghosts. And these credences are probabilistically independent. Let's start with those same credences. And let's add the following detail. In fact, that you know the chance of a car being blue is very low. Maybe your friend you know, is going to spin some roulette wheel to determine what color of car to buy. And the chance of it landing on the blue slot is just 0.01 or something. But you rashly have the hunch that the car is blue anyway. Creates a 0.99 that it's blue. And then at time one, you sort of realize this about your credences, that, that they're irrational, that they abide their principle. You said, I'm going to revise my credences to line up with the chances. I'm going to LB conditionalize on the partition that lines for credences in B and not B with the chances of B and not B. So what is that going to look like? Well, this is going to look exactly like the case that Ben described, because it's going to be structurally the same. So you're going to start off with these credences, and you'll have this credence that goes to this that's almost a zero. And you LP conditionalize, and then you'll end up with a credence that goes to exist that's almost 0.5. Presumably, that's not the answer we want, even for priors correction. 
doesn't seem like correcting your credences about the chance of the car being blue should increase your credence that ghosts exist or something. So it doesn't look like LB condensation is a good fit here either. So what should we think about this th third response? So I think it is an interesting response. I think maybe it's what Leipu and Pettigrew are sort of suggesting in their paper. Uh, but to make this plausible, we need to do two, two things. We need to do one, offer description again of the kinds of situations where it should be applied, and show that it offers plausible results in these cases. Uh, now my very limited exploration of a couple possibilities haven't yet revealed a good way to do this, but that's a challenge, not a criticism. Okay, thanks. Thank you.